ज्ञानतिबंधस्य ज्ञानंजनशलाकाय चक्षुर्मीलित येन तस्मै श्री गुरुवे नमः हरे कृष्ण सो दिस इज अ यूथ क्लास व्हाई इज देयर अ यूथ क्लास सेम फिलॉसफी फॉर एवरीवन इज नॉट मेरो देहिनो शून्यता देहे कुमारं यौवनं जरातथा देहांतरं प्राप्तिः धीरस्तत्रनमुभिति so it's the same for everyone everyone is born as a child's body youth's body the word youth comes in bhagavad gita yovan the state of being a youth then old age and then death and one who is dhira one who is steady in intelligence stitadhi He is not disturbed in death. So why is there a separate youth class? Because it's true for everyone, right? We all get born, we all die. Everything in Bhagavad Gita is the truth that is spoken by Lord Krishna in Bhagavad Gita. It's true for young people, old people, white people, black people, normal people, crazy people. educated people uneducated people it's true for everyone so why do we have a separate youth class well i guess because the consciousness of youth is somewhat different that's why children's class, we have a children's class right with children we generally deal with them in a different way to adults although sometimes we find that children are spiritually more receptive than adults because in this type lifetime at least they haven't had their consciousness so much filled with materialistic and atheistic ideas as the adults have been. often children are very spiritually uh, open minded or even ask good questions often children ask very good questions right now why Why is everything like this? Parents just say, "Shut up! Don't ask questions like that. You won't win the Konbanega crop party. They don't ask questions like that." Now it's coming back. I saw in Bombay, Amitab, who's also who's now no longer Yovana. He's definitely in the Jara stage of life, in the old age stage of life. Oh, what a big party they're going to have when he passes on! <laughs> Even if India beats Pakistan in cricket on the same day it'll be bigger news if he passes away on the same day So yeah Amitabh Bachchan is making a comeback Kumbhmega Kropat So there's not the kind of question they ask what is the purpose of life they ask all kind of stupid questions like How many films did Amitabh Bachchan? I don't know what kind of questions they ask. <laughs> I guess they ask, "How many films did Amitabh Bachchan star in?" and all silly questions like that. I heard one time they had on that program the uh, the question, "Which god is worshipped in Iskcon?" I think they asked. That. Yeah so uh yeah children generally it's thought that they're not very philosophical they need a different approach and they tend to be uh 
well, more disturbed in mind than, in some ways, than adults. Just like you're all supposed to be young adults. So, children usually uh, jump around, scream, yell, young children. And by the time you reach a young adult age, you're supposed to be less disturbed in mind. Actually, the mind's just as disturbed, it's just that there's some social condition, that's all. So that you don't just jump up and scream and yell, but the adults are just as crazy as the children, but they just don't show it so much. That's all. So uh, youth, well, it's supposed to be uh, legally youth are also adults, right? What age is voting age in India? 18, I think. Is it? 18 is voting age. So legally you're supposed to be an adult, although uh, it's generally considered that an older person will be more responsible. Just like uh, in the Western countries, if you hear about football hooligans, have you heard of football hooligans, famous in the great country I come from? England is famous for many things, including football hooligans. So you don't expect to see a gang of 70-year-old football hooligans. They're usually expected to be around 18 to 25 youth, actually. So it's expected that when you get older, you'll become more mature or you just become a normal criminal, you know, like, <laughs> like a burglar or a thief or an you know, armed robber, or not, not a football hooligan, that's, that's for youth. So youth is expected... It's a, considered a romantic time of life when you fall in love and all that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, so youth is uh, expected to be somewhat different. So just as we have programs for children, special programs for children, because their mentality is somewhat different. So for youth also. And with society changing so much all the time, the youth in every generation are different. Previously, uh, over thousands of years, the culture in any part of the world didn't change much. And everyone had their specific role to play. There wasn't much confusion in society. I mean, confusion is always there, but everyone had their particular role to play. So young people knew that they had... Knew means it was just so much part of the culture that no one questioned it. They, the youth would serve the elderly people, but now the idea is that, well, the youth, their specific job is to oppose uh, everything that elderly people say. And uh, I was just in America, and... There in America are many of my god brothers and god sisters who are all, when we joined, we were all in the youth stage. Now we're all in the old age stage. I'm among my god siblings, I'm 
one of the youngest. And they asked me how old I am, 53. Oh, you're only 53. It's quite young for Prabhupada disciples. So they're all mostly old. And in, in, uh, in the Western countries, uh, old people are considered useless. They're generally considered useless, a burden on society. Uh, useless because they can't enjoy themselves and they can't work hard. So what else is there left in life to do? <laughs> so they're just a burden. And probably increasingly, uh, Srila Prabhupada predicted that in that the time will come when they just kill the old people because they're just consuming without they nothing to offer and they or even if they can do a little work the amount of maintenance they need is not worth it so just like in the modern age uh, old cows people don't keep them they don't give any milk so what's the use just kill them and you get some money for them so like that the time may come when they do that to human beings also and they're old and they're What's the use? They're useless. So just kill them. Better for everyone concerned. It may be considered like that. So youth is considered the best time of life. So I, I said to my uh, god brothers there, better you come to India, because in India the old people will, old sadhus are respected. People will listen to you. Whereas in the West, they, they just think, old person means they're already useless. Very demoniac culture, actually. Certain aspects of it, many aspects of it, are very demoniac. So, uh, yeah, we see in, in, in the West in particular, it, to reach out to the youth, it requires the youth to do so. And turned out devotee preaching, it requires... It requires young people to go and mix with the young body devotees to mix with the youth of America or Britain or wherever it is because the youth, they don't want to listen to anyone else. They're just like, they're in their own world. They have their own lingo, their own dialect. Uh, one devotee I was speaking with, he's uh, overseeing some uh, spearheading youth preaching in one of our Iskon temples in America. He's 36 years old. He's, he said, "They don't. It's beyond me. They, they, it's it's difficult for me to connect with them, with the young people, because they just they don't even want to listen to anyone. They think it's already already too old." When Srila Prabhupada was preaching in America. In the 1960s, there was a motto among the hippies who Srila Prabhupada was. He brought some of them to devotional service. Never trust anyone over 30. That was their idea. Of course, Srila Prabhupada, he was more than twice 30 years old. But he connected with people on the spiritual platform. And Srila, the, the hippies were trying to be different to everyone else, but they all ended up being hippie, different in the same way. So then they just, what was different? Uh, grow your hair long, at uh, that time, for men to have long hair was considered sacrilegious. Do you know what that means, sacrilegious? It means like, uh, 
It literally means blasphemous, or something very, very wrong, although Jesus is depicted as having long hair. But no one, men after him were not supposed to have long hair. So men grew their hair long, they didn't work, they, uh, they smoked marijuana, ganja, and uh, various things, they were trying to be different, but they all ended up being different in the same way. But Prabhupada was, uh, he was also very different. So they liked that. Srila <laughs> Prabhupada was uh, different. He wasn't different in the way that they were. And what happened was the hippies, they were just in, they were enjoying sense gratification in a different way to that of the broader society. In the, there was in the broader society or what they call the straight culture people were enjoying, enjoying sense gratification in what was considered a respectable way and the hippies they were also interested in sense gratification but in a manner that the broader society did not consider respectable but Srila Prabhupada was different in a completely different way he was actually different because he was not promoting sense gratification at all which is more different than the hippies could even imagine. Or Jayaveda Swami sometimes says, what happened to the hippies? Or the real ones, they all joined the Hare Krishna movement. Because they were looking, they were trying to be different, and they were purportedly looking for something spiritual. So they joined the Hare Krishna movement. So yeah, youth is a, a different time of life. Uh, it's uh, in the modern age because actually it's all due to this uh, media propaganda that it, it, it shapes our lives so much and people are so stupid they don't realize it that the youth think that we're all different and we're not going to follow what anyone says but they're all all this come, just comes from the media who, who they're what happens is, from a very young age, the advertisement companies have worked out that if we can get the children to buy products, we get them at a young age. So they advertise in such a way that the children want, little children, they watch TV, and then they harass their parents. Buy me this, buy me that. And then they, they train the children from a young age through the TV to be uh, consumers and buy their products. And then they create this whole image of youth. You see, we're on, we're doing something different, we're not going to follow everyone else, but they end up buying all the uh, Nike shoes and uh, all these kind of things, and they think, well, oh, sure, we're being different. But you're just brainwashed like that, and you're just a faithful follower of these multinational corporations. So their only aim is to... Uh, extract the money from your actually people don't have money in their wallet it's all theoretical money these days it's money doesn't exist I mean not as a dollar bill there are some but most of the money is just some numbers in a computer right it's, you, you have a plastic card and you swipe it every time inside the account it comes down like that so anyway, uh, 
this whole idea that youth are being different and we have our own ideas, but it's all just everyone is molded by the educational system and the mass media and even people they think that we're being different and we're independent but it's all rubbish you know just all I don't know about you but youth are also just brainwashed like anyone else in this miserable material world especially in the modern consumer society uh, because the multinational corporations they they see youth as a it's a big market and for now and for the next 40 years we want to get these people and so they mold the minds of the youth to purchase their products so fortunately by Srila Prabhupada's grace at least Myself, in my youth, I managed to cut out of this. It's a very liberating act to do, a very bold act to stop watching TV. You think, oh, you're not watching TV. And stop listening to the, all this rock music and all this bogus music, which is just meant for dragging our consciousness down. Oh, you're not enjoying yourself. You're not listening to rock music. You're not watching TV. Enjoying yourself. This is just psychological manipulation. That's all of it. Just to cut out of it. And cut our own course in life. Our own course means, anyway, as Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, it happens to be a fact, Manusha Parthasarvashaha. Everyone's within the scope of Krishna's control. Sarvam Samat Noshu. Arjuna says about Krishna that Krishna encompasses everything. Krishna covers it. We come. We're not outside of Krishna's scope ever. But we can either be in Maya or we can be sheltered at the lotus feet of Krishna. So to make this decision, I want to be I, I'm going to be in Krishna's shelter and I don't care what other people say. We can say, oh, you're not enjoying, you should enjoy yourself in your youth. What does this enjoy? Enjoy means you work like an ass to get some money. That's the main thing. You have to work to get money and then you spend it in all kinds of stupid ways to do stupid things which have no benefit to you whatsoever and buy all kinds of things that you don't need, that don't benefit you. Or you, just like you buy a pair of Nike shoes, you can buy another pair of shoes which is uh, just as good for like one-tenth the price, but you have to you have to have that Nike written on it. You see in, in that, uh, it's like all these different brand names. It's just a piece of rubbish made in China, and that's all, like everything, everything else, but it's, it's, but it's got the brand name on it. So, so this is all nonsense. But to break out of that and say, look, I'm not. Not to be manipulated. That's freedom, isn't it? Everyone's manipulated. Even those who think, yeah, we're, we're young, we're doing our own thing. Yeah, we're, we're rejecting the whole society. All rubbish. You're not rejecting. You're just being manipulated in a different way. That's all. So better be manipulated by Krishna. 
and come to, just like Prabhupada, he gave something completely different, just a totally different perspective, by which, just like the hippies, they thought they were breaking out of of the broader society, but ultimately they all had to go back to it. The hippies, they went back to university, and after a few years of roaming the streets and taking drugs and this and that, after some time, you know, Bill Clinton, he used to smoke pot too. So, now they, they you'll, you'll find, like this, uh, some years ago, one of the famous rock stars in America died, Jerry, Jerry Garcia, Grateful Dead, and like the governor of some state was offering some tribute to him. I mean, this man was famous as a big Gunja user. So, but the, 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 like the heads of the different states were glorifying him because they're all from the same generation and they're all they're all hippies. And they all went back to the they they went back to the broader society because what is there to do? And now nowadays you'll find these old men from the old rock groups of the nineteen seventies going around. I saw in a, on a plane some some. Uh, some I see so many movies on planes. I, I never once put the headphones, but you know you can see it right in front of you. So there was some movie of the Rolling Stones tour of Canada. The Rolling Stones. You probably all heard of the Rolling Stones. One famous rock group. So there was a two, you see these men like they're old men and they spend all their life doing lots of. Know, having lots of sex and taking lots of drugs, and they, they look, they uh, they look like they could uh, get a part in some vampire movie. They, <laughs> they wouldn't have to have any makeup, you know. They, they really, especially that uh, Keith Richard, he's the number two man. He he looks. I think he spent. He must have used so much heroin in his life. It's amazing he's alive still. Uh, he looks. Have you seen? You don't see heroin use as much in Dubai, but they look like they look like in London. We used to going on book distribution. We used to see these heroin use. There's so many hanging around. They're quite good for distributing books too, because they usually have a lot of money. They somehow they steal it or whatever. So when they're intoxicated, it's very easy. Which is most of the time, it's easy to just take the money from them and give them a book. So, uh, yeah, anyway, I saw this video of them and, uh, you know, there's these old men, they're like 60-something and they're standing on the stage with their guitars and their tight jeans and wiggling their hips <laughs> as if they're, you know, some, like, very sexy or something. And it's just... Uh, just ridiculous. So, yeah, it's it. So, and that's what I'm saying. Some of them, the, the old, the old rock stars are still going around twanging their guitars and trying to get a few dollars here and there so they can pay for their drugs and I don't know what else, what are they doing with their lives? It's pathetic, actually. And I guess there's so many rock groups and punk groups and this and that. I missed it all by Prabhupada's grace. <laughs> I cut out 
long ago from all that stuff. So it's, uh, you know, this whole idea that we're young and we're going to be different, it's all bogus. It's all been tried before. You just end up the same as everyone else. Just, it all ends up in it may be in different varieties. Instead of wearing one kind of fashion, you wear another kind of fashion. Just like when I was a kid, uh, I was growing up in a town close to London. So you'd see so many commuters going into London. And uh, those were the days when they used to wear, it was very famous, the British stockbroker he has a brolly which which means an umbrella black umbrella and a bowler hat you know what this bowler hat is you don't know so one kind of funny hat that all the British now they don't wear it so it's like that and so all the stockbrokers they'd be walking down to the station in the morning and my father's house was close to the station and they'd take the train into London so stockbrokers, they'd all have black suits and white shirts and black ties and black brolly and a black bowler hat and straight face, smiling is not allowed. <laughs> Seriously, it's a very, very serious thing. If someone smiles, you <coughs> can't be bothered by it. It must, must be a Russian spy or something. <laughs> so... Uh, but ultimately, what's it all for? It's for Ahara Nidra Bhayamaitu. And this, our generation, you know, all dressed in all kinds of weird clothes and deliberately not being like that. But it all comes to the same thing eating, sleeping, mating, defending. The result of which is Janmamritu Jurabhyadhi. Dukkha, birth, death, old age, and disease. So this whole idea, we're young, we're different, we're going to show, we're going to do something better. Previous generations messed it all up, but we're going to be the ecological heroes which will save the world. So all these ideas. Punarapi Jananam, Punarapi Maranam. It all just ends up in repeated birth and death, unless we take the Krishna consciousness. So, this is the best thing to do with our youth. Actually, youth is already late for taking the Krishna consciousness. It should be Kaumara Acharat Pradyo, Dharman Bhagavatani, Dhurlabang Manusham Janma Tadapya Dhruva Martadam. This Krishna consciousness is so important that from the very beginning of life it should be taken up. If we think, now I'll take it up in youth, while I'm young, already so many years wasted. So better start now. Don't be late. Don't be later. From the very beginning of life one should take up Krishna consciousness, understanding that this human life is very rare, but it's also very valuable. So it shouldn't be wasted in anything else but Krishna consciousness. Okay, thank you very much for listening to me. And I was talking about youth preaching in America. 
the uh, one rule which this devotee told me he's doing, he was preaching in San Diego, which is like the sense gratification, well, one of the sense gratification capitals of America. So one rule he has is uh, this, when you give a speech to the young people who are coming, newly, the rule is the maximum length of the speech is 15 minutes. (laughs) Because they can't listen more than that. Minds are too agitated. And uh, and also they have this idea that why should I listen to anyone else? I know, uh, I'm I'm 17 years old, Uh, I I know, why should I listen to anyone? I I already know everything, so it's a very puffed up idea. So thank you for listening for 20 minutes, (laughs) longer than 15 minutes, I'm still a bit more advanced than in America. Any questions, comments, protests? New ideas, all that. There's no new ideas. <laughs> they think that oh, there's no there's a new idea, new philosophy. There's no new philosophy. There's only two. Ultimately, there are only two philosophies in the world. One is Ahara Nidra Bhayamaitunamcha, and the other is Sarvadhaman Paritta Dhammame Kamsharanamrata. There's only two. There's so many different philosophies. They all come in. Either sense gratification or surrender to Krishna. That's all. So, any questions, please? Some people, you know, they are introspective. They want to. They are experimental. And when they don't, when they see that, you don't get. Do you have another mic? All right. I'll repeat the question. Some people are introspective and experimental. They don't just think, but they. Put it into practice. Yeah, and then when we see that, we just like the people they used to try to fly, they got an idea, and then they jumped off a cliff with some artificial wings. <laughs> Experimental. The result was rest in peace. <laughs> Experiment didn't work. Yeah. Then. Yeah, so then only, I mean, when they see that they fall, and then only they surrender. Uh, they, only then they surrendered. They, they tried to enjoy material life, they failed, and then they surrendered to Krishna. Yeah, so what's your proposal? We should try to enjoy material life first? No, I mean... Uh, so We've already been doing that for millions of lifetimes. Yeah. But uh, if you said that uh, you this quite late, but then there are some people who join, I mean, from that age, who are not, I mean, not. Some people come to Krishna consciousness at which age are you talking Maybe about? Maybe in the youth. In youth, yeah. yeah. Because they, they are newly introduced to that by outside party or something like that. Because they yeah. were not from a devotee, I mean, devotee. They weren't raised in a devotional family. Yeah, well, it's, it's never too late for Krishna consciousness. But I'm just saying, if we think that. Uh, now I'm young, so I got it. Well, it's it's definitely better to sooner the better. Ultimately, we're not the body at all. You can take to Krishna consciousness after age of seventy. There are some devotees came here from Goa. It's Purushottam Titanya Prabhu's parent. Ah, so your father 
by your grace took to Krishna consciousness at the age of what? 70 something. He's 82 now. So, whatever age, sooner the better. One moment later is too late. But it's never too late. Just the idea that every, every second should be spent in Krishna's service. Anything else, please? Thank you for that observation. Hare Krishna. Anything else? Yeah. There was this person who asked this question, but the person is not clear. Um, if, uh, the question was that if God is there, why are people suffering in Africa? God is there, why are people suffering in Africa? Why in Africa? Why are you asking about Africa? They're not suffering, <laughs> They're not suffering in Dubai? <laughs> There's this idea that people only suffer in Africa. <laughs> they suffer everywhere. It's, uh, here we have air-conditioned suffering, <laughs> and there it's uh, non-air-conditioned. This is you know, sophisticated suffering here. If God is there, why is there suffering? If God is there, God should come and give me a massage every day, right? <laughs> Clean up my stool after I pass. <laughs> And God's there to make us happy, right? And happiness means sense gratification. So, uh, what's wrong with him? It must not exist. It must be that I'm God. That's what I always thought. And this question is based on a, a total misunderstanding of the nature of God. And the asking of this question is the reason why we suffer, actually, because. We, when we understand that we are meant for his happiness and he's not meant for our happiness, then we can begin to enter actual God consciousness or Krishna consciousness. The idea that we are meant for sense gratification causes us to exploit each other or to attempt to exploit each other which leads to sinful reactions, which leads to suffering in Africa and everywhere else. Krishna gives us the minute independence to choose to serve him or not. If we, don't, if we choose not to serve him, we take up the attitude that I will enjoy myself separately from Krishna, then we uh, inflict suffering on others. And as a result of that, we... Uh, we have to suffer ourselves. Being in this mature world means there must be suffering. Because everyone is trying to exploit everyone else, just like people think. That, yeah, let us, in, let us enjoy eating meat. And then uh, they inflict suffering on the animals. So that, that generates sinful reactions. So this very question, if... if why is there suffering? If there's God, then why is there suffering? It reveals a complete ignorance of the, the nature of God and of our relationship with Him. In the question, is the inherent in the question is the answer. Because we have such an attitude that God is meant to serve me. God is supposed to serve human society. God's only function is to facilitate man's sense gratification. Inherent in the question is the uh, cause of the suffering. Mm. So, anything else? If not, we'll finish. Yeah. Uh, 
what happens to people, like they say whatever you think towards the end of your death, you become that or the next Jarma. They say, well, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Yang Yang Vapi Swaran Bhavam Tadyate Kalevaram Tam Tame Vaiti Kantaya Sadatad Bhavabhavita. It's not they say, but specifically Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita that according to, uh, well, specifically what we think of at the time of death that shapes our future life. Yeah? So what if someone is dreaming about something in his sleep, does he still. What you dream of in your sleep at the time of death. Well, um, from what we understand, we can understand from both from uh, the Vedic literature and from observation that uh, at the time of death, the it's not that just you're in the middle of a dream and all of a sudden you die. Of course, people do die in their sleep, but even during sleep, there are different levels. There's actually, according to uh, Vedic psychology, there are three levels of consciousness, Jagrata, Svatna, and Susupti, which means the waking state, the dreaming state, and the very deep sleep. So uh, people who die in their sleep, it's not that they're going to to be in what's called dreamless sleep and die from that. So in dreamless sleep, it's almost as if the consciousness is suspended. And according to Shastra, actually at that time it's it's the this this the Atma is in uh, lodged in Brahman. It's it's the state of like impersonal, like being in the impersonal Brahman. If you have a very deep sleep. So you don't go it's not that if you're in a dream and in a dream you're enjoying doing something and then you die and then you take birth like that. But but anyway, um, even if you're in a very deep sleep and you pass away, but there is, even then there's the accumulate, even in the dormant state, there's the accumulated effect of our thoughts throughout life which will mold our next life. Yeah, anything else? Alright, so we'll finish there. Hare Krishna. Just, you're waiting for me to say I'm finished. You said regarding in a deep sleep, the Atma is Brahman. In deep sleep, the Atma, yeah, goes to Mahavishnu. Is it the the soul leaves the body at that particular moment or do you just situated in that particular? Soul, yeah, may leave the body but is connected also. If he was, if he becomes disconnected, then it's death. Connected through the subtle connection is there. It doesn't completely leave it. There's a connection, then the soul can come back. Sometimes it happens if someone's very deeply sleeping and they someone tries to jerk them awake, then they actually die. Because the uh, the soul is away from the body. And then if they're jerked back, the, the subtle connection may be broken. That's why you should wake someone, wake someone up gently. And you feel that also. If, someone, if you're sleeping and someone jerks you away, you feel... You feel it's, it's, always, it's like being shocked, isn't it? 
Anyway, these are all details of psychological study. There's not much. Of course, we can study all these things, but uh, they are details after all. The main point is to fix the mind on Krishna. All these things are discussed in Vedic literature, Vedic psychology. All right, anything else before, uh, and then I'll say we're finished, and then someone else will <laughs> put up their hand also. All right, three, two, one. Yeah. Looks like you see something related to Krishna. What if? Well, we're very good. Wake, wake, waking or sleeping in any relation with Krishna is very good. Isn't it? Should be. Good. Suppose it's uh, the day of Balaram Jayanti and you're able to see. Balaram Purnima is the actual. Yeah, and you're able to see Balaram Jayanti is. Uh, an introduced term. It's not a technically correct term. Yeah, and then... You see uh, in the dream that... You see Balaram in any day or any night. It's very good. Obviously. Should be good. You see when now and Yeah, anyway. If you see Krishna in a dream, very good. When you wake up, go on with your devotional service. I saw in a dream this and that. Okay, now you're awake. Now chant Hare Krishna and do some devotional service.